This is the left. This is the right. Center. Surround. Don't screw it up. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Supplemental Episode 18. Friends. How's it, uh, how's it going? Did you forget how to talk again? Maybe. That Shut happens up. sometimes. Did, did, did the Universal Translator have a glitch? Is that mm. what it is? Glorch, folks. Don't, don't catch any bugs. <laughs> Bread. So, oh, I, I was quoting Star Trek VI. You, ah. were, you were quoting uh, Babel. Babel. Yes. One of the few DS9 episodes I remember by title. Mm-hmm. I will say the the very recent episode we did, the season four finale, Broken Link, that one I'll remember. Yeah. That was actually kind of a clever title. I mean, that makes sense, because, you know, Great yeah. Link. Yeah. Odo is broken. Right. But, uh, yeah, the other one, not, not so much. No. Like, all the other ones, I mean. I'm really not looking forward to writing the episode guide for uh, DS9. No. That reminds me, just real quick, that wasn't planned, but we do have a couple of episode guides. We have covered all of the original series, all of Next Gen, in, in two volumes. Yep. Uh, different jokes than we've done on the show, because we're charging money and we don't want to charge you for something that we've already given you for nothing. Exactly. Uh, so, poststomachhorror.com, click on the link to store, and you can buy them electronically or physically, whatever you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have amazing cover art by uh, now... Uh, Mar- Marvel Comics' own. Yeah, Marvel Comics' own uh, Ramon Villalobos. Yep. So look forward to that. Uh, I've been saying Villalobos, but I think it might be Villalobos. I'm pretty sure it's Villalobos. Yeah. So, whichever. Or as as he has uh, uh, white-guyed his name up recently, uh, Ra- what was it? Raymond Raymond Wolfhouse. There you go. <laughs> from, from Marvel Comics' own Raymond Wolfhouse. Exactly as good. Yes. Uh, so this is our supplemental episode, which means we are answering your mail and having uh, discussions about whatever things didn't quite fit the discussions of episodes. Yes. Um, We're going to divide this, as we usually do, into um, a, a non-spoiler section and a spoiler section. Right. So we there will warn will you. warnings. Yes. We there will, will be klaxons. Uh, I, I could throw a klaxon in there. Yeah, that should be good. You should be a red alert noise. uh, Well, I was going to say mention the blue whale. Oh, yeah. that's. And then I'll throw in the QI klaxons Mm because I I enjoy those. Um, But yeah, we we will. There's a few questions here that apply to things that you guys haven't seen yet. If you're watching along with us for the first time and we won't we won't ruin it for you. We'll answer Mm -hmm. those questions after the spoiler section. So but we have a lot of mail here and about half of it is from people we've never heard from before, which is like our favorite thing. Yeah, that's always awesome. Yeah, so uh, so let, let's jump into this. Uh-huh. Uh, the first, oh God. First one <laughs> says, beating the past tense horse. Oh, good. Off to a great start. I think I'll no, see myself out, actually. No, we, we screened this ahead of time. I, I said we would not discuss this again unless uh, the, we, there was a new angle. This person has found us a new angle. All right. So um, uh, this, this is from Claire from Ireland. Lay it on me. And she says, greetings from the land of Colmini. Regarding the issues of alternative casting for next gen. Yeah, there's actually two things here. This doesn't have anything to do with past tense. We'll get to our hated episode in a moment. Yes. Uh, regarding the issues of alternative casting for next gen. We've talked about this before. The, like uh, Wesley Snipes was going to be Jordy. Wasn't uh, Jeffrey Coombs going to be Riker? I think that was in there for a while. Yeah. 
Wow. Back back before Jeffrey Coombs was, you Creepy know, guy. Jeffrey Coombs. Yeah. I'm. You know, it's also, I believe it's Combs. We've been saying Coombs all this time, but I believe it's Combs. You could be right. It could be Sean Puffy Combs. <laughs> I don't know. I would love to find out that they're related. <laughs> they're, they're just brothers. Yeah. You know, like in the new Fantastic Four movie. Yes. It's not weird. <laughs> P. Diddy and Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> But uh, I, I just, I'm going to put my leg up here next to you, Data. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there, there, we've we've discussed some of these before. But uh, there there are some new ones here. Claire has offered us some new delightful things that I was not aware of before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Edward James almost was almost <laughs> Edward James almost <laughs> uh, Picard. Bet he's never heard that one before. No, definitely not. <laughs> Well-known puppet hater Edward James almost. <laughs> Uh, we were at the Emerald City Comic Con a couple of years ago, uh, hawking our our wares, as and, we are uh, known to do. Yes, and this year we had a uh, I had a Neil Gaiman puppet, Mal- Matt had a an Alan Moore puppet, and I I said something as he walked by. I, uh, I said, "So say we all," probably or something like that, and he glared not at me but at the puppet. <laughs> Wish that puppet would shut up. Wow, sorry. Uh, it was it was Admiral Adama, right? Yes, eventually. Yeah, sorry, sir. I I really. Was I thought I was thought I was being funny? I don't look at me like that. I'm uh, big fan. Yeah. Sorry about your last episode. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say sorry about your skin. I mean, you know, I'm that, sorry about it, but that's you know, just mean. He doesn't need one more person to say it to him. That's true. He's done okay for himself. Oh yeah. But I can't. I I don't know. He would have made a decent pick. Like maybe not Picard. No. Like I wouldn't have bought him as a Frenchman. But then again, I didn't buy Patrick Stewart as a Frenchman, so I guess it doesn't matter. What if they switched? So uh, '80s, we had '80s uh, Edward James almost as uh, Captain Picard, and then uh, late 2000s uh, Patrick Stewart as uh, Admiral Adama. Um, I don't know that I can picture. Well, I probably can if I really thought about it. Mm-hmm. But just Picard being that, or you know, Patrick Stewart being that badass, like yeah. that that hardcore, not necessarily badass, but hardcore, like like just a murderer. Mm-hmm. And I liked Battlestar Galactica for a while there, and. Uh, that's one of the things I liked is the captain would just fucking throw you out of an airlock. Yep. My only problem there is that then he and uh, Colonel Ty would look way too close to each other. Yeah, that's true. Well, no, then you then you cast Frakes. <laughs> <laughs> then you, you just you, like it's it's just it's just it's a crisscross thing. It's a it's a you know. I really like this idea. Yes. And um, have President Roslin as a uh, uh, Doctor Crusher. No, I think I think Marina Sirtis because there's some meat to that role. Like you want to you want the decent actor there. Yeah. Although no, well yeah because then um, if Denise Crosby didn't quit, she could be Starbuck. That would be awesome. Yeah. I and like then, this idea. Yeah. Let Let's somehow retroactively make this. Yep. Or maybe that happened in one of the Sliders universes, or the or the, what's that other show that had the, the alternate? Uh, oh God, how am I blanking on this? I own this fucking thing. Do you? I haven't watched it, but I own it. Oh okay. You know uh, the one. Everyone yeah. everyone Fringe. in our audience, thank you. Fringe. I had to find it on my DVD case. Everyone in our audience was screaming the name at us. Yeah. We, we can't hear you because that's not how podcasts work. No. But, yeah. You know, you'd have to write us an email, and now it's too late for that. Yeah, the next supplemental is not until uh, next, I believe, February. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. That's not true, actually. Technically, the next supplemental is December when we do our uh, crossover with Drunken Time Travel. Yes. But we're not answering your mail then. No. We're just answering actual questions from Gavs. We're getting like, drunk and watching something terrible. Like, 
how did we get here, and why can't we leave yet? And whose idea was this? <clears throat> the answer is, it was Matt's. I don't know what you're talking about. I know exactly what he's talking about. Hey, listen, unless you went and deleted the tweet, it's there. You, oh, it's you, there. You said, mm -hmm. let's do this next year, fellows. <clears throat> and three of the four of us said, well, I've never seen that before. That could be a train wreck. Yep. And the one of us who has seen it said, oh, God, please no. <laughs> that was me. I couldn't remember if it was you or Irish Gav. I know me and English Gav for sure hadn't seen it. I couldn't remember of, of the other two who hadn't seen no. it yet. Have you seen, there's this thing from the 70s. They made two of them. Okay. If you'd seen either one of these. It's called Legends of the Superheroes. Oh, God, yes. You know um, I haven't about? actually seen it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It's this terrible comedic. Thing it's, with the Justice League as yeah, it existed it, in the 70s. It has Adam West as Batman. I think the second one didn't is the thing. The second oh, one was god. somehow worse. Oh my god. Yeah. But it was played like a roast almost, right? One of them was a roast. The other one was sort of more of a variety show, as I recall. Oh my god. I, I could be remembering incorrectly, but I know there were two of them and I know they were distinct in some ways. Did, did they at least get Linda Carter as Wonder Woman? No. Good lord. If I remember correctly, they had Huntress, and there were, like, a couple of, of women. Like, I was surprised how many women they had, considering it was Super Friends of the 70s. Sure. There Super was... Friends of the 70s is coming all night long. <laughs> Next up, Little Green Bag. Okay, Billy, Super Friends of the <laughs> 70s continues. You just heard Aquaman is riding two flying fish. And then in the background, somebody's uh, somebody's uh, cutting off Superman's like special ear that he grew just for that episode. <laughs> Flashbacks of Sean Baby there. Anyway, um, no, there was, it was this terrible, terrible like comedic-ish thing with superheroes, and it was just terrible. Uh, Gav was not aware of it, and he's like, "Ooh, that's our crossover sorted for uh, 2015." Then, yep, <laughs> I've seen it. It is bad. <laughs> it's real bad. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, alternate uh, alternate casting. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting that, that Claire says uh, Crude from Star Trek Three. You know that's Christopher Lloyd, right? Yeah. You know that's like like an iconic, you know, Doc Brown and Judge Doom mm -hmm. and like. <laughs> that's like he's number three. Yeah, he's. He... I guess four if you can if you're a Taxi fan. Yeah, but I mean he's, you know, anyone who grew up watching. You know, the great movies of the 80s. You don't even have to have grown up in the 80s. No. Just be aware of these movies. Yes. Like, you, you gotta know who that guy is. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's, it's interesting to me what people's frames of reference are. And, mm -hmm. and I, I'm not even suggesting that Claire hasn't seen those movies. It's just, it's interesting that, they, you know, Cruise. I will say... Maybe she's just telling it to us in Star Trek. I will say this. I think Edward James almost would make a hell of a good Klingon. Ooh. Right? Well, he's got that intensity. Yeah. But he's also got, a, like, a very quiet, growly intensity versus an over-the-top yelling intensity. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he'd be great for uh, Crooge, but he would make a no, no. really good, unique Kl uh, Klingon. No, he's got he's got that, when he gets angry, he gets like this. It's actually a bit like Cisco. Oh, yeah. Him and Cisco should have a talking like this off. Yeah, because when Cisco gets angry, he gets like this, and I really think it's cool. I think, I wonder, like, if Ron Moore, I don't know if anybody, any of the other people behind the scenes, but I know Ron Moore moved from DS9 to Battlestar, and I wonder if that was, like, he was looking for the same kind of guy. Mm. 
Because there were definite similarities between the two shows. Oh, absolutely. And this is something I think we should talk about when we're done with DS9, like maybe on the last supplemental for DS9. Because oh, a lot yeah. of it a lot of it happens later on with the more spiritual stuff and all yeah. that. Yeah, DS9 into Battlestar. Yeah, we'll just we'll just skip Voyager. Yeah, that's so fine. Battlestar. And we'll skip the last season of, or no, the last episode of, uh, of Battlestar, because <sighs> no thank you. I really, really liked New Battlestar Galactica. I liked it for a while. That was my favorite show for like three years. Did did you really did you like that it was God all along? No, that was okay, the that was that, the uh That's the kind of thing you don't like. That was the turning point right there. Okay. Anyway, continuing. Tim Russ was considered for Jordy, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Like Tim Russ is he ended up playing um Tuvok. Yeah, thanks. Tuvok on Voyager and uh, Star Trek did a lot of that where mm-hmm. Somebody almost got the part, like, made it almost to the end, and eventually they'd find another place for him somewhere else. Yeah. It's like, we like you, so we'll make a note of you. Yeah, and they they made him they, they made him a guest star two or three times first. Mm-hmm. He was one of the bad guys in um, uh, Die Hard on a Ship, and he was briefly in uh, Generations. Yep. And then uh, they found a permanent spot for him. Yeah. So that was cool. Uh, <laughs> other missed Star Trek casting include Richard Dean Anderson as Cisco. That was a surprise for me. Yeah. Richard Dean Anderson. TV's MacGyver. Yep. TV's Stargate Stargate guy. guy. (laughs) Stargate. One of the Starscate. Yes. I don't know which one. That, wow, that would make for a very different uh, DS9. Although I can definitely see Richard Dean Anderson in an alternate universe getting into a Star Trek. Yeah, but that's possibly because I put him on the same uh the same uh uh pedestal as a uh what's his face? Scott Bakula. Yeah, it's he's a TV actor. Yes. That's the thing. He feels like a TV actor and I always feel like at least for the captains, they should be reaching a little higher. Mm-hmm. And I believe Avery Brooks's uh, main um experience to that point was TV, but he kind of rose to the occasion. Yes. I mean, I know he did a lot of stage stuff, but he wasn't like a, you know, Oh, absolutely! Like Patrick Stewart had done some movies and things, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I just I feel like the captain should be cut above, you know, MacGyver. <laughs> Get me someone who does a lot of Shakespearean acting. Yeah, or at least a lot of intense stage stuff. Like maybe not specifically Shakespeare. Mm. Although I think maybe... I could see Avery Brooks, Brooks doing doing Shakespeare. Absolutely, he I wouldn't want has. to. I wouldn't want to go see it. But well, uh... you don't like Shakespeare. No, not at all. Which is weird because you like Star Trek. Yep. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, Michael Shanks as Shinzon. I don't know who I that is. I looked up Michael Shanks, and I still don't know who he is. He's also on uh, Stargate. It looks like. Well, nobody who like I don't think I don't think the actor was the problem with Shinzon. No. Well, I mean, no, no, no. That dude has the been, actor. That that dude's been good in things. Yes. That's not. It wasn't his fault. No, Shinzon. That's a. Uh, yeah. That's rough for a number of reasons. Yeah. Most of them are knives. Yes. Andrew Robinson is Decker. Um, that would be weird, but I would watch Captain, it. Captain, the ship is almost ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, there's a link to a complete list, which yeah. we will provide. Uh, on the subject of past tense, I'm not going to bother arguing with you. That's a bad episode. On your point of what is the point of the episode, um, I came across some interesting information regarding the production of the episode and might shed some light on that. Ira Bear apparently drew inspiration from Attica prison riots. I knew about that. 
Uh, and around the same time, an L.A. mayor had proposed creating ghettos for the homeless in order to make the city more friendly for business. Finally, the episodes were produced in the early 90s when Demolition Man and Escape from L.A. were all the rage. So it's not inconceivable that DS9 wanted to catch in on the dystopian future paycheck. All in all, it seems like Past Tense was conceived as part cautionary tale, part expo- exploitation movie, part product of a time that has not aged well. Hat Guy still sucks. Well, yes. Hat Guy not only sucks, but he would uh, fit in quite well on the set of, say, Demolition Man. <laughs> hey, you take that back. Demolition Man is delightful. Now listen, Demolition Man will always hold a soft spot in my heart as the first R-rated movie I ever saw. Okay. Um, Except it wasn't, I don't think. No, pretty sure. I don't think that it was. Let's check. Let's see what the internet, Mr. Internet, you tell me. Demolition Man film. I could swear that was PG-13. I All I remember from that movie is that it had someone getting stabbed in the eye with a nail and then using that eye to open a door. Yeah, but there weren't any tits, right? I don't remember. <laughs> like, that's really what makes the difference. Who cares mm-hmm. about being stabbed in the eye? You can't see breasts. If Demolition Man is not R-rated, I'm going to feel really bad. I uh, am not immediately seeing it on Wikipedia, and I don't want to slow down the show while I while I skim. So let me see if I can. Let's see if IMDb will crash my browser like it always does. Demolition Man. Demolition Man, starring Dennis Leary, rated R. <laughs> I liked Dennis Leary in that. <laughs> No, I don't want to know what the, if what it may like. I don't want to know its rating of six out of ten. Yeah, or like how much money it made. Just tell me if it was rated R. Filming locations, Jesus, how difficult is this? Sylvester Stallone, right? Wesley Snipes. If you like this, you'll like Judge Dredd. Well, no, that's that's actually <laughs> not true. I had to think about that for a minute. Yeah, I could see that jump. No, no, no. I cannot see that jump. No. Because Judge, Judge Dredd took itself painfully seriously. Why is this so hard? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it doesn't matter in any case. I, I believe we're getting a little derailed, yeah. not in a good way. <clears throat> it may be R-rated. I, I will grant you that you might be right. I am just going on memory and instinct alone. Anyone listening to this show, if you could let me know if Ju- Demolition Man was rated R, I would appreciate it. <laughs> Do not let me know what Judge Dredd was rated. I don't care. No. The Dread movie from a couple of years ago, starring New Bones, though, good movie. Amazing. Yeah, quite fun. Not not fun, but you know what I mean. It's awesome. Anyway, I love the idea that Star Trek wants to cash in on Demolition Man. Because that's just delightful. You guys seen Demolition Man? This movie was amazing. We gotta do this on the show. Here's the thing. There was a screenwriter in, in the, the late 80s, into the mid-90s, maybe even to the late 90s. Uh, Daniel Waters was his name. All right. This guy's resume is the strangest mix of... Okay, he wrote the um, uh, 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 Andrew Dice Clay vehicle... Um, Ford, Ford Fair- The Adventures of Ford, Ford Fairley. Fairley. Which, which actually had some, some good jokes in it, but it also had, you know, Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. Uh, he wrote Heathers, the, the, the dark comedy... The classic, classic Heathers. Heathers. Yes. He wrote uh, Batman Returns. Another great movie. Uh, Debatably. He wrote Hudson Hawk. Okay. Which I have heard from you is not as bad as it's supposed to be. Okay. It's not good. I will not defend it as a good movie. It is fun. And stupid as hell. (laughs) 
It's like Demolition Man. It's very similar to Demolition Man or Batman Returns, for that matter. Mm. Robot penguins and just goofy shit. Are there robot penguins in uh, in Hudson in Hudson Hawk? Hawk? No, that is Damn not it. like a that's not like a motif of Daniel Waters. Ah, uh, and and then he wrote Demolition Man. Like he just he, just a very strange resume, and he wrote a lot of movies that I really like. And looking back, are not very good movies. But mm. he just he was he was sort of the only one writing mainstream Hollywood movies that were weird. Let me ask you this. As someone who knows nothing about this guy's work, mm-hmm. did he write the script for Barb Wire? Don't believe so. Because it feels like he should have. I don't believe so, but I don't have that information in front of me. Hmm. He, he just... If anyone's listening to this and knows who wrote <laughs> Barb Wire... Look, Brian's just going to write and tell us all the questions we've asked. <laughs> all the answers to the questions we've asked. But I just I love the idea that Star Trek wants to jump on the... Um, well, it wants to jump on the Demolition Man train. <laughs> because who who wouldn't? This is where the money's being made. Demolition Man. We got to we got to get Dennis Leary on the show. <laughs> and that copy machine guy. What's his name? Uh no, nah, you know what? Never mind. Yeah, it's you know what? It's not important. And no. neither is he. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh oh, and 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 Claire as an afterthought, I I believe was expecting a Sylvester Stallone impression from I assume you because everyone loves your delightful voices. Mhm. So maybe you should throw that out there just as A Sylvester Stallone impression? Yes. Well played. <laughs> Next one comes from longtime listener of of both of our programs, Deke Winsome. He says, "Dear red shirts, please don't oh, call us that. Don't don't call us that. Uh, I don't even own any red shirts. I don't think I own one. Well, I guess like maroon. Yeah, cartoons. Like red. Yes. Um. Oh, the joy and ecstasy that is DS Nine. Trek at its very best." Mm-hmm. So many great things to talk about. So let's talk about your least favorite, the Maquis. Oh! We're really on a roll here. I don't want to talk about the Maquis. You know the why the Maquis doesn't work? Because basically what they are fighting against is imminent domain. Now on the barbaric 21st century Earth, where we still have wars, dollars, and baseball, we fight imminent domain with expensive lawsuits, which we lose. Imminent domain's when the government takes your shit. Ah. Like, I'm, I'm way oversimplifying. Please don't well actually me. But in very broad terms... That's when the government decides they can tell you where you can live and, and seize your house or whatever. Um, you'd think that in the future where everything's perfect, they would fight imminent domain using space lawyers or something. Possibly Klingon lawyers. Yes. Uh, I suppose that is less interesting than mullet-wearing rebels shooting cheesy laser guns at each other, but not much. Don't forget the flaming trash cans, or barrels at least, and, and the girders, and the fact that they don't wash. And the smugness. Never forget the smugness. Ugh. The Maquis is incredibly smug. Yep. Anyway, we're off to a full season of bald goatee Cisco. This was written at the beginning of of season four, so Mm. we've had a whole season of that now. But yeah, bald goatee Cisco is like bearded Riker. Like, that is your your clear visual indication that you're in a good season. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no bad seasons of DS9. No, but there are better seasons. Mm. And the show definitely gets better as it goes. Yeah. And it's full-on, you know, spinning to its, you know, like, just peak now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're probably asking yourselves, so what's your question? Exactly. Keep up the good work, man. All right. Well, thanks for bringing up the Maquis. Well, it's I, I hit on this recently with, uh, um, God, what was it? The, the Bashir is a smug doctor episode. Oh, fucking the quickening. That's the one. 
uh-huh. uh, where I realized that any planet where they don't wash is really like that's my problem. Mm-hmm. Just wash your face. Yeah. And so it's really easy to get a hold of. Which may be why I like um, Eddington the Maquis. Because he's so clean? Because he's, yeah, he, he at least knows how to, to wash his face. <laughs> Who's that little old man there? Oh, that's Eddington. He's George's grandfather. <laughs> he's very clean. <laughs> I'm surprised you know that reference. Oh, yeah. I'm more of a help fan than a uh, Hard Day's Night fan, but... Uh, really? Oh, yeah. Hard Day's Night is brilliant. Yeah, it's a great fucking movie. I, I don't know that I've seen Help, actually. I heard it was just a ripoff of uh, Hard Day's Night. It absolutely isn't. It is insane. It is an insane movie. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's all about uh, Ringo getting a... Uh... Oh, that's right, like a magic ring or something. It's not magic, but it's like it belongs to a cult. Right. Who spend the rest of the movie trying to either kill him or cut his finger off. I remember what it was. And then a mad scientist shows up who tries to use the ring to rule the world, despite the fact that, again, it's not magic. I remember what it was. It's the fact that uh, it was uh, out of print for a really long time. Mm. Like, I, I I, quite wanted to see it, and I couldn't get it. I wonder if it's available now. Well, give it a look. I love help. I mean, it's like, I watched it when I was a little kid, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I enjoy, like, I believe Richard Lester directed that one as well. Like, yeah. The same guy who directed uh, Hard Day's Night. But, and uh... That, that I hold as a comedy classic. Like, Oh, yeah. Hard Day's Night's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really good. That guy went on to direct Superman 3, by the way. Really? To tie it back to, to Irish Gap. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. That's quite, a, that's quite a resume. Yeah. No, he, he, he did a lot of stuff in between, but... Was, but the high points of his career were Hard Day's Night. It was working with the Beatles and Superman mm-hmm. and Richard Pryor. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Okay, this next one comes from our pal Vishal, who actually will be guesting on the next episode. Uh, I believe in our previous supplemental, a listener had said, hey, Vishal hasn't been on in a while. You should get him on. I like his uh, contrary opinions mm-hmm. and uh, delightful way he says three. And we agree. Yes. So Vishal he will be on delight. next episode. Uh, he says, I don't like Klingons, so how about we bring you on this super heavy Klingon episode that opens up season five? So look forward to that. He has written uh, and, and sent us a, an audio file mm-hmm. of uh, how to pronounce the uh, actor's name that plays Odo, who, whose name we always stumble over. Ah, uh, yes. So let's let's have a listen to that now, won't we? Yes. René Aubergenois. Next week, he will give you another one. <laughs> So we haven't been too far off. It's Aubergine. Aubergenois. Yes. René Aubergenois. Yes. That's eh, close enough. Yeah. René. Odo. Yeah. The Odo guy. No, I do appreciate that, Michelle, because it is something that I've struggled with. And we do a talking show, and I like to pronounce things correctly. Yeah. We never we never had this problem with, like, Michelle Nichols. Well, Nana Visitor's not great. No, that's a tough one. And the thing is, we would have just said it wrong had I not known... That it was said the other way. Like, and I, I think this show taught me how to say Walter Koenig. Yeah. Uh, actually, Matt Groening taught me how to say Walter Koenig. Because uh... they got the same they got the same thing going on there. Uh, next one comes from Nathan. Not, not our regular guest Nathan, but a different Nathan. All right. Uh, dear fellows, I have found a film on YouTube I think you guys will love. If this is that VCR game, I fucking quit. Ha 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 ha! So tired of hearing about that. Experience B, Jal. I never will. You guys are just going to have to lower your expectations on that. 
<laughs> There's been talk of of the the Lynch fellows try to come out here for for Emerald City Comic Con once a year. And they didn't make it last year, but they're going to try and make it this year. And there's talk of them bringing that damn game. Well, if they can also bring a VCR. Yeah, that's the thing. I think I finally trashed my VCR when I moved to this house. So, mm. uh, <laughs> and if you haven't, you certainly will. <laughs> yes. Light it on fire. <laughs> but only after that tape is in it. <laughs> so sick of hearing about that. No, this is it is entitled Star Trek Borg. Matt will certainly enjoy it because Q shows up, but alas, the crew is with no one we know. I encourage you guys to check it out, maybe even review it for the rest of us. Well, this was actually uh, 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 clips from the game, if I am not mistaken. Yeah, if I recall correctly, Star Trek Borg was a late 90s, maybe early 2000s computer game. Mm -hmm. um, it was one of those ones where, like, it's all uh, uh, video stuff. Yeah. Um, like, uh, like the classic Night Trap. <laughs> oh, yes, with Dana Plato running around in her underwear. Correct. I remember I, it, I made a reference to that yesterday as a matter of fact what are the well, odds that night trap comes up twice in two days october 2014 yes or 2014 the month of night trap yes well it's been since 1993 that anyone's talked about it <laughs> and i only was aware of it then because i worked at electronics boutique and i was trying desperately to get rid of our sega cds that no one would buy oh uh, see i was reading egms at the time and desperately trying to play it so i could look at boobs right which there were none in there well, yes, I didn't know that at the time, though. They were wearing lingerie. Like, mm -hmm. the, you know, they, they were wearing skimpy stuff, but, but no that's, nudity. That's fine. I'll take what I can get. Okay. <laughs> uh, in, in any event, this this was these are uh, these are cutscenes from a game. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I would like... We haven't had a chance to actually check it out yet, but I would like to give it a look at some point. Yeah. I mean, I um, I think at this point, it's, it's pretty well established on this show that we're not a fan of 90% of the Star Trek games that have existed. No, that's because most of them are terrible. I liked the 25th anniversary and the sequel to that, uh, Judgment Rights. Mm -hmm. I only played the first one of those. I would love to play both the uh, second one and Judgment the first Rights one again. Judgment Rights is just more of the same. Yep. No, that you know, sounds amazing. You know how, like, the first one was just, like, five episodes of, like, little mini-stories? This was just, like, five more episodes. Yep. It was great. Um, and that was among the first, like, that was when CD-ROM technology first came out. Mm -hmm. And they had the full voice cast, and it was like, oh my god, in a video game... Not only do they have voice actors, but it's a Star Trek game, have... and they're all the original Star Trek voice actors. Yeah. No, that sounds awesome. Yes. No, and the games themselves, like, there there were some tedious uh, uh, ship fighting, as I recall. Yeah, and didn't that also have the, um, like, you had to have, like, it had one of those super in-depth puzzles you had to solve halfway through to make sure you weren't playing a pirated copy or something? That I'm not sure. There were a lot of puzzles, but uh, I don't remember there being one of those. There might have been. It's like, refer to the book that came with your game. If you got it legally, you piece uh, of shit. I did get it legally, so. La-di-da. But I worked at Electronics Boutique, and legally meant taking it home and keeping it. Ah, yes. I know how that goes. And I don't mean I stole it. I mean, they just let us take them home. Oh. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty, sounds like a pretty sweet gig. It, it was. When uh, people were calling you about Street Fighter Three. Yes. The answer ended up being, what, 2000? Yeah. Is that when Street Fighter 3 finally came? At least. Yeah. I remember going to a video arcade in towards the end of video arcades. Yeah. And seeing a copy of Street Fighter 3 and going, well, it's about fucking time. <laughs> now that no one cares. <laughs> uh, this next one, uh, well, next one chronologically, we've actually talked about this on the show already. This was back in July. Uh, somebody wrote in and um, photoshopped... Galron's eyes on Kai Wynn. Oh, God, yeah. I'm... Ah! Yes. 
We, I'm looking we, at it again. Yes. I believe we put this on our Tumblr. If we did not do it then, we will definitely do it now. Oh, my God. It's like gazing into the gates of hell. Isn't the it twin, awesome? The twin gates of hell. The twin gates McFadden. <laughs> the hot gates. The hot gates McFadden. Yes. Oh, and he says, uh, I, I had asked him, uh, this is great. Do you mind if I post it? And uh, by the way, do we know you? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm just a listener. We've never met before. My name is Mike Bell, if you want to give me credit on it. So Michael Bell, the guy who played Groppler Zorn, mm -hmm. <laughs> drew this for us. So this is what grappling entails. I did always wonder. Yeah, now we know. Using MS Paint. Yep. Shit, that makes me a grappler. <laughs> I grapple once a week. Uh, and he says, uh, on a listener fan note, love the show and I'm boring and that I almost always agree with one or both of you. Definitely love the spoiler acceptable portion at the end of the newer episodes. Unfortunately, I haven't seen Enterprise and plan on watching along with you. So I might have to start bowing out of episodes when you get to this section. Please enjoy the the fact that you can do that. Uh, well, we do not have that option. Well, here's... No, no. What I think he's saying is he might have to stop listening to spoilers. Ah! The thing is, we haven't seen Enterprise very No, much. there won't be a... I no. can't imagine there being a spoiler section just because uh, we'll just be wondering. They did some serialization on that show, as I recall. Yeah. They did, they did some story stuff that would merit a, a spoiler section, but I saw all of season one and the very beginning of season two before, like... That and Voyager, I gave the same amount of time. I gave a full season and a bit mm -hmm. before I gave up and said, this is not for me. Yeah, see, I didn't even get that far. Yeah, that's, no, I, I said, I'll see where it's going. I'll give it a full year and, and maybe the season two premiere will be good. And nope, okay, I'm done. Uh, and I popped back in with Voyager a few times. With Enterprise, did not. I saw their Mirror Universe episode and that was it. Mm. Uh, so, no, we won't be spoiling anything because we don't know anything. No, this will. this is pretty much just DS9, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because Voyager did a couple of things where they had some plot lines. It was more like Next Gen, where there were yeah. a couple of plot lines they would revisit from time to time. But DS9 will do, I believe it's the opening of Season 6. It's like seven episodes in a row that tie directly to each other. Mm -hmm. And then toward the end of the series, same thing. Like, there's not a season finale. There's a season, like, like six-episode finale. Yeah. Like, they do, they do some pretty heavy, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. But Voyager, as far as I know, most of those episodes are standalone. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Scott Zioko writes, Dear pals, in the episode I just listened to, you mentioned that a lot of actors tried out for one of the main roles tend to show in guest roles. Yeah, I, I, we mentioned that. Mm -hmm. uh, with this in mind, what type of guest role do you think Wesley Snipes would have been in? <laughs> would he have been an alien or perhaps an outrageous space pirate? <laughs> we obviously would have been his character from Demolition Man. <laughs> Clearly. We Thought know, out in the future. We all know how much DS9 enjoy. Oh, God. Wouldn't that be awesome if he... <laughs> if Wesley Snipes was in with those... um With Tommy's mom and that uh, that Texan? Or... Or in... Uh, in... in Into Darkness. Also... But it's, it's not a character. It's literally just Wesley Snipes. <laughs> That's the only way he could get away from his crippling tax yep. bills. Fro frozen for... Yes. Frozen for tax problems. He's 300 re years. <laughs> Wake me up when there's no more taxes. <laughs> okay, we're in the enlightened future. No more money. Done. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to get back to work. <laughs> I'm, I'm an actor, you know. What, what do you got for me? Then they can send him out to, to slay space vampires. <laughs> 
or do whatever the hell he did in Demolition Man. Mm -hmm. He would definitely be useful in killing people in uh, Nemesis, a movie which I think needs more people being killed in it. Yeah, that is also true. Uh, or he could uh, be an air marshal on a starship and tell people to always bet on black. Yep. <laughs> which, as long as Cisco, Uhura, Jordy, and all the other black people in Star Trek aren't there, might you know that make sense? Mean him? Yes. Or he might he might just be uh, throwing out helpful hints at the Davo table. Yeah, that could be. I don't know. It's either black or red, right? Well, I mean, in in roulette, I don't know about mm -hmm. Davo. Like always bet on black means you have a fifty percent chance. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. Right. I've heard that. Mm -hmm. Also, we recently discovered Billie Jean was not Michael Jackson's lover as we once thought. No, thanks, uh, thanks Wikipedia. Yes. You cleared up a lot of questions I had about Michael Jackson. See you at the crossroads, Michael Jackson. <laughs> uh, next one comes from Irish Gav, and he says, right. oh, he calls us pals as well. Uh, I know you've talked about the Federation and money before, we have, mm -hmm. uh, but what about art and Federation's finance? For example, how does it operate with something you can't replicate and is one of a kind? Surely then there would have to be some sort of system, be it barter. Clark wept. Mm. Yours, Irish Gav. That is, that is a really good question. So now... Well, the idea is, okay, you make a painting. Mm -hmm. You could replicate that painting ad infinitum so that it's really not, like, it's an exact molecular duplicate. Yeah, exactly. What's special about it? Or a sculpture or any kind of visual art like that. Well, I mean, in that case, you would need something to say, you know, there would need to be some sort of, like, um... Watermark or... Yeah, watermark or a letter of authenticity or something just to prove that it's the original and not a copy. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem there is that, of course, you can probably replicate the watermark or writer right. of authenticity, too, unless you, you know, unless it's written in Latinum or something. Okay, but here's, here's, or it's written in uh, sick changeling, which apparently you can't transport. No, that's also true. So you also can't replicate, I assume. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the other thing is, really, once replicators are invented, you're basically putting paintings and, like, all that, all that physical visual art on the same level as TV shows or mm -hmm. music. Like, the art still exists. You can just make infinite copies of it. Like, yeah, basically. Like, you can write a perfect song, just now you can, everyone can download it. And, yeah. You know, like, who cares? And the other thing, like, we've also got, you know, Data, who mm -hmm. just perf was perfectly replicating paintings. Like, we saw that. Uh, well, yeah, as a, as he, a machine, he was, yeah. he was making his own art. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess that's uh, using the word replicate there is is a correct usage, but I think it's confusing because we're talking about replicators. That is true. Yes, he could copy art. Yes. So, I don't know. I mean, like we don't see a whole lot of artists in. I believe Jake is really the first one we spent any length of time with. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, that's writing. It's still, I mean, you know, it's definitely no. I'll look, I'm not saying it's not an art. It absolutely is. Yeah, and I mean, he's writing literature. He's yeah. not like you know. He's not, like, writing ad copy or something. No. Like, he's, he's writing books. Although I'm sure he would be fine at that, too. Yeah. But I, I think the, the core of the question is, and I, I, this isn't exactly what Gav said, and maybe I'm wrong, but it, it is an interesting question regardless. Mm. What's the artist's incentive if I mean, you're not getting paid? I mean, I assume it's like anything else in Star Trek. You do it because you like doing it. Okay. But I put it to you. All right. Lay it on me. We're already doing that. Yes. We don't get paid for this. This costs money. We absolutely do not get paid for this. Incidentally, I mentioned the store earlier. 
It is not free to make a podcast. We we pay for server space. We pay for the equipment that we record on. It would not be bad if you bought a shirt or something. Mm-hmm. Just say it. Yep. No, you do not need to feel obligated to pay anything. This is a, this is a free thing we do because we enjoy doing it, and that's my point. Yeah. Like we are. There's already people who do art for, the, and I'm not saying this is art, but I'm mm-hmm. saying people who make stuff for the sake of making stuff because they enjoy it. Mm. So I don't think it would be any different. Yeah. It's just, the nice thing is you don't also have to have a day job. Yeah, that would be a plus. Think like, of how many podcasts we could get done if we didn't have day jobs. Oh, oh you'd just go play video games. Yes. Because video games would be holodeck games now. Yeah. <laughs> which would be 50 times more immersive. So really, you'd just never see me again. Yeah. You would go from two podcasts to none podcasts. Oh, I'd still be doing them. Mm-hmm. I'd just All right, be, well, then like, I would be going from two podcasts yeah. <laughs> to none podcasts. Right. I'd, uh, you know, I'd, I'd use Puppet Matt, or I'd figure something out. You would, strangely enough, still get a what-if column every week, though. <laughs> but, um, no, I'd, I'd, like, I think if, you know, if I didn't have to have a day job, if I didn't have to work to make money to live, mm-hmm. if I had a permanent place to live, like, unlimited resources and food, and, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, wow, the art that I could make, seriously, like, yeah. like, I'm being serious. Yeah, no, that the, sounds amazing. The creative stuff that I could make would be just so much better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, I, I think that's been implied on Star Trek before, is, yeah. is like, people who do stuff like that kind of have free reign and, and aren't stressed and, you know. Then the problem is, how do you distribute? Like, when you're talking about a world, like a world, a universe, for Christ's sake, where anyone who wants to just devote themselves to their art can. Like, how do you parse through all the crap to get to the good stuff? And how do you, as a writer or, you know, artist or whatever, get your stuff to be seen by actual people? Yeah, this is something I've been trying to answer for the last five years, Matt. I have no idea. Yeah. Now multiply that times an entire quadrant of people. Mm-hmm. One quarter of the galaxy competing with you. Yep. Yeah, I don't fucking know. I don't know how to get people to look at my stuff. I like how do how how would we get people to listen to our presumably about Star Trek podcast of the future when there's you can just go out and get say a Cardassian podcast. Right. About their weird politics. Or, or a really terrible Klingon comedy show. Which they think is hilarious, but they're wrong. Right. Patak, my dad says. Oh, God. I feel bad now for that. Uh, I'm sorry. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm working on the fly here. That was not a prepared thing. I was, no. Like, I don't know how to swear in Klingon. Patak is the only... And I don't mean... That, that doesn't mean shit. It means, like, you bastard or something. Yeah. You bastard, my dad said. Right. Klingon podcast. I, I don't know, man. Mm. I mean, we have a Star Trek podcast called The Post-Atomic Horror. Yep. So, you know. Also, I feel like every now and then we need to check in on this since we apparently are continuing to accumulate new listeners. Mm-hmm. If you are not aware, the title of the show is a reference to something Picard says in uh, Encounter at Farpoint. Yep. He refers to the period after World War Three as the post-atomic horror. Yes. And we thought it was a cool turn of phrase, and then Vishal gave us that amazing logo that has the Enterprise hidden in it, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we're never changing this. No. I stand by the fact that it's a great fucking uh, title and a great fucking logo. Yeah. It also means that if you type post-atomic horror into Google, we are there before the actual definition. Yeah, because we've, we're have we coming up on 200 episodes, and if you count the supplementals, we're over 200 episodes. Yep. Like, we, we've been out there for a while. Our tendrils are all over the damn place. Yes. Which is great. 
We ain't going anywhere. We've done more than half of Star Trek, and we're in it for the long haul. We're still we're going to do less than half of Star Trek too. Yeah, I'm. Oh God, I thought about that. I was just thinking about this today, actually. Mm. Okay, so, about how you would escape. <laughs> well, I would gnaw my own leg off. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not chained to anything. I just want to gnaw my own leg off. I just picture you chained to Voyager. Yeah, I don't own Voyager. Like, I don't want to pay for Voyager. Right. I also don't particularly want to steal Voyager. I, you know, I'm going to yeah. have to do something. Isn't it on Netflix up there? Well, yeah, but stuff comes and goes on Netflix. And that is true. And we're not going to get to Voyager for another year, and we're going to be doing it for two years. Mm-hmm. I can't guarantee it's going to be there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's it's They only sign deals for a couple of years at a time, or what, however Netflix works. Right. We can't guarantee that it's going to be there. Plus... When we're watching over Skype, streaming video and Skype at the same time sometimes kind of drags my internet down. So sure. I, I don't know. Like, that's not necessarily viable. Mm. So I don't know. What what I my, my actual thought, and I don't know if we're legit enough for this, and if anybody out there knows how to do this, I'd love to hear from you. If we could get comped copies from CBS or whatever, Ooh. as a, as an established, legitimate review entity... Mm-hmm. Who has done, you know, three of the series already, four if you count the animated series. Yeah. That I paid for. I bought all those DVD sets. I bought the Blu-rays of, of the original series. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe they, I don't know. Just a thought. If anybody knows how we might make that happen, let yeah. us know. Yeah. Because I don't want to pay for Voyager. I don't I, like Voyager. No. I, I, I don't even know if we can get Voyager right now. Like on DVD? On DVD. I'm sure you can buy used copies. No, probably. Like it might not be in stores or whatever, but... The thing is, I last I heard, they're still not doing DS9 and Voyager on uh, Blu-ray because they're just not popular enough. Um, well, son of a bitch. But the thing is, even if they are, uh-huh. it's the, the production is so far behind that they're only going to get to season one by the time we get to season seven. Yeah. At best. But last I heard, they just they don't have the following. Like, that's that's just how it goes. They're they're not like Next Gen was insanely popular. The original series obviously insanely popular. Mm. Enterprise was not, but it was already shot in HD, so it doesn't matter. But DS9 and Voyager don't like they can't justify spending all that money on a sh- on shows that had like you know cult appeal. Right. Well, it's not at fair. Le- at least it's DS9 and Voyager. Yeah. At least if it's it was not... everything except DS9. Yeah, then I'd be upset. Mm. But it's like, well, no, I know they're kind of the middle children, and you know that's fine. And we, one of the weird things is somebody was pointing out, oh, you well, you were pointing out you wanted one of those Quark cups. I do want one of those Quark cups. And we were talking to Flonk about it, too. And he's like, how come Think Geek or somebody hasn't made this? And I was like, because nobody's watched DS9. No. I don't think a lot of people realize that. No, I continue to be shocked by, like, A, how few people have watched it, mm-hmm. and B, that it made seven seasons considering no one was apparently watching it. Yeah, no, I, like, them getting Worf was, like, a last-ditch... And they weren't doing badly. It's not like they were going to get canceled. Mm. But it was a last-ditch effort to try to get numbers anything close to, to next-gen. Yeah. They're like, we're doing fine because it's a Star Trek show. We're kind of coasting on the name. But we should be doing way better. Mm. Let's get Worf. Let's throw some Klingon stuff in here. Let's try to make this show more appealing to, to people who like next-gen. And they did it... Like, they got, they got me. They got other people. But I don't think that was ever enough. Like, I think it just... It never picked up that you know, that same steam that the next gen or the original series had. Yeah. And it's weird hearing from listeners who were like, yeah, I heard you guys talking all through like the original series of next gen, how great DS nine was, but I'd never seen it. Now I'm watching it with you and like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we are right. It's amazing. Yeah, we are, but it's the best show. 
But my point is just so few people, even people who are into Star Trek, have watched this show. And that's why we're not getting it on Blu-ray now. Mm-hmm. Friggin', friggin', friggin'. Yeah. So, I don't know. If we can keep spreading the word. Yeah. You know, maybe. But I doubt it. Tell your friends. Yes. Also, yeah. tell your tell your friends about our show anyway. Just yeah. You tell your friends. Tell your foes. Yeah. See if your mom likes Star Trek and podcasts. And if she doesn't, fucking make her listen to it anyway. <laughs> we're a good show. People like us. We're I think ver- so. We're very popular with moms. Are we? Sure, why not? All right. I know we're very popular with artists. Yep. What I hear a lot is I need to have something on while I'm drawing. Mm-hmm. And you guys are as good as anything else. Mm-hmm. High praise. I'll Look, I'll take that. No, no. It's it's actually, it's nice. Because yeah. there, there's a million podcasts. There are a million things they could be listening to and they decide to listen to us. Yeah. There's actually one particular person I want to call out. Uh, her name is Arissa. She has been, uh, well, she, she came and talked to me at this past Emerald City and I believe the one before that. She's been listening to the show for a while. Uh, she's been participating in this uh, Inktober, which is uh, artists trying to draw one thing a day all month yeah, I've of October. Yeah, I've been seeing that on uh, Tumblr a lot. Yeah, and she's been drawing lots of Star Trek-related things, and many of the things she's drawing are jokes that we've made on the show, many is... many of which we've forgotten since then. Which is so cool. But yeah, the, so far today is the uh, 13th, and she's done one every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, quite a lot of them are from uh, from stuff we've said. Yep. And uh, she has promised me, uh, like, right now she's just sort of posting, like, phone pictures of them or whatever. She's promised me actual scans of them. Nice. And when she gives me that, I will totally put them on the gallery that we have on com. Maybe throw them on our Tumblr as well. Absolutely. Because they are, they are just delightful. The, <clears throat> the Dax, Kira, Sailor Moon one she put up either today or yesterday was quite, I found, completely delightful. Yeah, see, that one went over my head because I never watched yeah. Sailor Moon. But, uh, yeah, I figured you would like that. Yeah. But you all were, the other ones have been You were correct. <laughs> all the other ones have been squarely in my frame of reference. Mm-hmm. It's just that one I, I didn't get. But uh, no, she's she's done some great ones. Uh, next one comes from Lauren Burnson. All right. And he says, greetings, friends. So glad I've been able to discover this podcast. Yeah, me too. Uh, it happened about a year ago, shortly after I stumbled upon Al's YouTube reviews of the old Transformers cartoon, which, by the way, are the only intelligent things regarding Transformers on the entire internet. Good job there. Well, that's not true. Um, I mean, as someone who doesn't know anything about Transformers, like, I couldn't tell you. No, I used to hang out in the old news groups a million years ago, and there's there's actually a wiki that makes, like, that's actually pretty funny, and I had to keep going there and making sure I wasn't inadvertently stealing their jokes, Mm -hmm. and there's an episode guide out there that's not too bad. There's There's a few here and there. Uh, this, along with Star Trek references within, led me to some other videos about Star Trek, a little further digging, and now I'm a regular listener. That's awesome. Excellent. Uh, let's see. All oh, coming together. Over the last several months, I've thoroughly enjoyed catching up on your reviews of the original two shows and all the movies. I'm ecstatic to hear y'all talk about DS9 since it's my all-time second favorite TV show after Batman the Animated Series. Well, good news. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't heard... Guess what we're doing when Star Trek finishes up. I'm not going to f- officially commit to that yet, but we're talking about it, and we're probably going to do that. Yeah, next. it's it's definitely the highest. We're still talking three or four years from now, yeah. so who knows, but I, I probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to be 40 soon, so I might be dead not long after <laughs> that, but you know. <laughs> uh, now I eagerly await each new episode of post Core every Monday. Well, thank awesome. you. That actually means a lot. Yeah, I that is one of the best, like... 
the the two things I like hearing most are this gives me something to look forward to on Mondays, mm. which always makes me happy. Like, oh, that's good. Like we we make something reliable that people can look forward to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ha- I'm watching Star Trek along with you, and I've never seen a lot of this before. Yeah, that's like that's great. We, the, the fact that we're the fact that we can mock it and love it at the same time, and the fact that that enthusiasm rubs off on people, and they're like, they make it sound so great. I want to watch it too. Like that that really feels like we're doing something right mm-hmm. and that we can get people into it. You don't have to be as into it as we are, but just the fact that we're getting people into it makes me happy. I mean, the fact that we've gotten people to watch DS9. Well, that, yes. Yeah. God, From, I'm happy about that. Regarding what I said before, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, like, early on, like, uh, I know our friend Scott Sioko, among several others, said, you know, I never watched the original series. I know, it, like, I know all the references to it, of course, and all that, but you guys actually made me want to watch along with you. It's like, mm-hmm. That's cool. And then you discover that it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Some of it. Mm-hmm. Some of it, not so much. Like most shows. It, well, yeah. Uh, let's see. After hearing mo- your most recent episode covering Homefront and Paradise Lost, I was reminded not only how good these two episodes were, but how strangely they predicted 9-11, 9-11, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> we actually did br- briefly discuss behind the scenes. We, we talked a little with Flonk about about that stuff mm-hmm. it's just, there's no like there, there's no good way to talk about all that without getting political and i i don't want to no but you know you're not wrong it was there's some very there's some stuff there that you know i was very surprised was pre-9-11 yeah no exploring some themes that that were hypothetical that then became real yeah it was like wow huh. uh but you know really it's not that hard to predict human nature i guess if you're if you know what you're doing mm-hmm. which these writers more or less do uh this one comes, I'm not sure from whom. Uh, this was a comment on postatomichorror.com, which, oh. by the way, if, if you want to send us stuff that way, like go to a specific episode and just leave a comment, that comes to our email. Yeah, it so. gets forwarded to the, uh, to yeah. the uh, show email. Yeah, so we'll it'll end up on here. Yeah. Uh, and this was from some time ago, and I've been holding this just for this. Still no mention of the fact that Shakar is played by the ghost from Bever Fucks a Ghost. <laughs> Especially given that he's been pigeonholed into being the boy toy of the middle-aged cast redhead. Wow. Alright, well, first of all... The Kira pregnant is not, redhead. Kira is not middle-aged. Uh, she's at in her 30s. At the time of this showing. She's in her 30s. That's still not middle-aged. I don't know. Going into 40, that's middle-aged. Hey. <laughs> I'm not gonna live to 80, there's no fucking way. <laughs> But no, it's, uh, okay, the pregnant redhead. How about that? That's fine. Okay. Um, yeah, I was not aware of this. I even, I believe, called out that Shakar was a pretty decent actor. Well, then what the hell happened in Bever Fucks a Ghost? I, I don't know. I actually have a lot of questions about what the hell was going on in <laughs> Bever Fucks a Ghost. I remember candles. Condles. Um, fucking a ghost. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, I do love. I was saying to Matt early as we were earlier as we were going through some of this mail. Uh, how great is it that some stranger out there in the world <laughs> now refers to the next gen episode Sub Rosa as Bever fucks a ghost? He took he took your weird name for Beverly Crusher. I'm pretty I'm pretty pleased. Like that, that that works on a lot of levels there. The the, the fact that more than two people use the use the word Bever. Well, yes. Delights me endlessly. I like that a lot of our weird vernacular, like the weird whole set of vocabulary we've created for this show, has, yep. like has lived on with other people. That's yeah. fantastic to me. Oh, one of the things I'm always exci- like, one of the things I was really excited about when we were going into DS9 
ignoring the fact that I was excited we were going to start doing DS9 is every new show we start getting new uh we start getting new running gags. Yes. And I'm always delighted to find out what they are. Yeah, especially when we're doing these seven season shows. Yeah. Because the the, the next gen ones felt a little like, oh, or I could put up his leg again, Jordy's yelling at the ceiling, Picard's disappointed, uh huh. Yep. Like after season seven, it's like, oh, and we need new stuff. <clears throat> like and and Voyager for for all its faults does mix things up and change the cast like yep. there's people leave people show up like there's there's going to be big changes that will give us new things to talk about yeah so at least there's that mm -hmm. and for now there's jokes about sir lofton and what he does not appear in <laughs> which is this episode yes and every episode <laughs> at one point i actually like out loud i didn't even realize i did this till i already said it mm -hmm. out loud i said why don't you just tell me which episode sir lofton does appear in <laughs> Wouldn't that be easier? And then I, then I like, in my own voice, I, I heard myself say, uh, that's not how websites work, Al. <laughs> they can't hear you. I just picture you talking like Rodney Dangerfield going, hey, who am I talking to? You mean, you mean like uh, Larry Bird? Yes, okay. like Larry Bird. No, no, yes, Larry Bird. <laughs> who was in Caddyshack and Back to School. And Caddyshack 2. Back to the shack. Back to the shack. Wow. <sighs> now I'm thinking of that terrible gopher puppet. Right? Ugh. Still better than the one in uh, the one in, in uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, though. I don't remember that one. Probably for the best. <laughs> uh, I left myself a note here. This is kind of a serious thing, actually. All right. Uh, when we did the episode... Oh, God. I don't know DS9 titles because they suck. It's not even the something. It was probably somethingings. Yeah. Uh, the episode where Dax's former host shows up, mm -hmm. and what was a former lover, shows up, and uh, it's a woman, and I said, Terry Farrell had a problem doing, like, lesbian-type scenes, like kissing a woman. Yeah. Uh, that was my memory of the press uh, from 95, 96, whenever that was. That memory was entirely incorrect. I need to retract that. I am mm. making an official retraction. Uh, because someone called me out on that on Twitter, and I was like, no, 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 you're wrong. Let me show you. And I Googled, and I Googled, and I Googled. I was like, there is zero evidence that this ever happened. I got that from my mind, which is wrong. Yeah. So I just want to be clear. As far as I can tell, Terry Farrell has no problems with gay people, no problems acting like she's in love with a woman. I was totally wrong about that. That makes me pretty happy. I don't like the idea that of yeah. Terry Farrell not being cool with that kind of thing. Yeah, so, no. Good. No. Yeah. The yeah. only problem with Terry Farrell is a fondness for being on Becker. Yeah. She's a big quitter. Mm -hmm. Which we will get to. Spoilers, I guess. But obviously everyone's seen that great Ted Danson sitcom Becker, so everyone knows that. Dear Becker, mm -hmm. fuck you. That's Butter's favorite show, isn't it? <laughs> No, it's Older Butter's favorite show. Uh, I couldn't remember. My older self's always watching Becker, and that show's stupid. <laughs> uh, next one comes from Deke again. And again, this is four months' worth of stuff. He's not, like, spamming us or anything. No. Uh, so, rules of engagement. Now, I know you guys have no memory of anything that's occurred prior to the current week's episode. Absolutely true. Uh, only because I edited the current week's episode this morning. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't even remember that. Uh, but rules of engagement. The Wharf and Order episode. Ah, yeah, okay. 
hey, I'm on board for just about anything Cisco wants to say, but I feel like he came down hard on old Worf for something everyone has done on Trek. He followed the trail of whatever Technobabble cloak ships leave and fired, just like Star Trek VI and Generations and probably both Picard and Kirk. Isn't it pretty much standard operating procedure to follow tachyons or whatever and shoot the Klingons straight into Stovokor? Or if they're bad Klingons, Klingon hell? Delaware? <laughs> I've been to Delaware. It's not interesting enough to be hell. No, you're thinking of Baltimore. Ugh. No, I'm not. <laughs> Trust me. No, I'm not. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit in Silence of the Lambs where she's the, the, the senator. He's very angry like because he said, you know, toughen your nipples, didn't it, or whatever. And he says, take that monster back to Baltimore. And that's how I feel about it. Like, oh, that's a, it's a threat. It's like, yeah. you get out of here and you go straight to Baltimore. Oh, Senator. Love the <laughs> Love suit. Love the suit. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, thanks for keeping us on this ongoing journey where we never go anywhere. Well, you're, you're thinking about the other show. But, mm-hmm. uh, this this show is going. Um, I remember when we watched uh, Warf and Order. Um, I actually thought the same thing, you know. Heat mm-hmm. of battle, I think, I like, I would have fired on the guy decloaking too. Mm-hmm. I was but actually kind of surprised that the episode sort of took the uh, the tact of Worf being wrong. And then I felt really bad when Cisco yelled at him because I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> it must have been wrong. <laughs> if I if I was there, it would have been me who was being yelled at. Oh, God, I don't want to be yelled at. Especially but... by Cisco. He gets all growly and intense. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. You don't do that. Ah. Ah. So, better or worse to be yelled at by Cisco than by Picard? Well, Picard most of the time won't yell at you. He'll just be disappointed in you. But sometimes he'll yell at you. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. If you kill a guy, yeah. like certain Wesleys of our acquaintance, uh, mm. you will get yelled at like nobody's business. Yes. You will get a stern dressing down. And, and don't you dare say something like, I choose not to answer, sir. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm feeling terrible just thinking about it right now. You don't deserve to wear that uniform. Well, that's fine, because now I don't want to wear the uniform anymore. Are you throwing down your comm badge? Stop that! <laughs> Those things cost money we don't have. Hey, I saved your uniform for you. I'll shoot it with a phaser. That'll show you. <sighs> don't know why that had to be delivered as Captain Picard, but fuck it. All right. I don't um, get to do the voice that much anymore, so... Yeah, I mean, that's that's the bad thing, is, yeah, we get sick of some of them, but then some of them get retired. Yes. Um... Fuck, where was I going with that? Oh, I think the situation with Worf was like, we're in a very tense situation here where anything could cause a war with the Klingons. Mm -hmm. They've already canceled the treaty, and the next step is war. Don't fuck this up. Be careful. Yeah. I think it's that. I think it's those conditions that made it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not specifically that he, you know, fired at a a decloaking ship. It's that, you know, that, come on, man, things are tense. Don't don't go picking fights. Yeah, keep shit together. And if there's one we thing we've learned about Worf, right if there's one thing we've learned about Worf recently, mm. is that it's super easy to provoke him into a fight. Oh God, yes! Like more than I ever realized on Next Gen. Like I always thought he kind of had it under control, more or less. No, nope. I knew he got angry, but I didn't nope. think he flew off the handle at every little thing. Nope, he's Back to the Future Two era Marty of uh, yep. Star Trek. Nobody calls me Chicken. It'd be uh, uh, Rigelian Chicken, but yes. Oh well, yeah, of course. Uh, Fujitsu-san, konnichiwa! <laughs> uh, next one comes from another new listener. Uh, and he makes fun of my name having two A's. That's hilarious. Uh, I'm a new listener to your podcast, and I'm thoroughly enjoying your trek through... Um, trek. I've always been a fan of the original series, the animated series, the movies, and the mighty DS9, but listening to you over the past couple of months, I pretty much mainlined the show from episode one while at work. Okay, that's the third thing I love, is when I hear 
I just discovered your 200 episode show and I just listened to all of it. Yeah. That that's also great. That's impressive is what that is. Has really made me want to get the next gen Blu-rays and do my own run through. Nice. Rolliker helped me. I'm even contemplating getting Voyager <laughs> and Man Enterprise <laughs> for completeness. That is don't be that nerd, man. Don't be the I got to get it for completeness nerd. No, we not, have to get them. Not if there's money involved no. anyway. I just I like I used to go buy a hundred dollars worth of comics every week because I felt like I had to. Mm. And that was a lot of money I threw away on shit I wasn't reading. Yep. Anyway, no. Pulling... Let let us take that bullet for you. Yes. You don't have to watch them. That's why we have a podcast. That's the whole point of the uh, of the, the summaries is to tell you what happened. So you don't. If you haven't seen the episode, you still have context. And mix it with lies so that so that you go up to people fully believing. That Worf has no idea what Wesley's name is. Yes, so when you get Michael Dorn to, to sign an autograph, you could say, sign it like you don't know my name, like, like with <laughs> Wesley. And he'll say, what? <laughs> you know, like with Wesley, how you don't know his name, do it like that. Yeah. What, what? Actually, if that happens, please email us. I'd <laughs> like to hear about it. If I, were, if I were ballsier and more patient, I would absolutely approach, like, the various actors at, at conventions or whatever with mm. goofy shit, but I'm, I am not. I am a coward, and I also don't like standing in line. No. Uh, anyway, he says, um, I've finished Supplemental 17, and after hearing your discussion on the use of certain colorful metaphors, I thought I'd chip in with a suggestion. Well, your name is Rob. You're a man. You're not allowed to have a suggestion. <laughs> Next question. Yeah, Sorry. again, I'm keeping away from... Uh, from the C word. That particular word. Yeah, look, it, it's, it's, it's a gendered insult that I, like, I make a joke, but seriously, as a dude, yeah. talking to other dudes, you, you really have no place telling us. Like, that, that, we're just going to stay away from that. And also, he suggests using the word twunt, which mm -hmm. I believe is Cheryl's last name on Archer. <laughs> it is, actually. Mm. When, do you think, when do you think Cheryl slash Carol slash Shirlene and Gary, Jerry, Larry from Parks are going to have the same name? <laughs> Eventually, they're going to cross over somewhere, right? That's got to happen, yes. Yeah. Uh, next one comes from Jeff. I now want to watch Archer. <laughs> now I want to watch Parks. <laughs> I was just reading Archer. Apparently, is completely they're they're changing uh, the name of ISIS. Yeah, because of the real life horrible. ISIS. I was just thinking about that the other day. Oh, everyone, everyone was. Yeah. And the, what they said in short was, uh, you know, South Park would make a joke about they stole our name and all that, and like that's not our style. We're just going to change it and not even talk about it anymore. Right. Like, just, it's not worth it. They, mm. they are horrible, horrible people. We're, we're a joke show. We don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Totally fair. Mm -hmm. uh, next one comes from Jeff. And he said, despite its faults, I enjoyed Shattered Mirror. Uh, right. Which was the most recent in the 17-part uh, Mirror Universe saga. You pointed out how unlikely it was the rebels on Tarak Nora would be able to build their own Defiant, even with complete plans. One thing you didn't mention, probably because it isn't canon, is that the Mirror Universe stealing technology from the Prime Universe has been done before. DC's Star Trek series did a story in the 80s where the Mirror Universe sent operatives from the Empire to steal the USS Excelsior. Uh, which I remember, like, like back when all the Star Trek you had was, like, Star Trek 2, and then you waited three years and you got Star Trek 3. Like, the Excelsior was a huge deal in fan circles. Oh, yeah. Because it's like... That's the new ship. That's the new hotness. That's the, you know. And then there'd be no Star Trek. And so there'd be all this speculation and all this fan fiction and all the, you know. So, like, so that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, the Empire, undoubtedly far better equipped for production of a starship than Tarak Nor, quickly builds a duplicate for their own uses. The story is written by Mike W. Barr and collected in the book Star Trek The Mirror Universe Saga. 
Yeah, and I believe that was in the cool, like, giant Star Trek collection of, like, all the comics on CD. Yeah, yeah, we we both got that. Yes. I believe we both paid, like, $5 for it. <laughs> yeah, we Amazon was running some crazy special where it was, yeah, like, it was mm. under 10 bucks and it was great. Yeah. It's still pretty cheap. Yeah. But I don't think that sale's going on anymore. But it's, yeah, everything pre-IDW, I believe, is collected on, like, a single disc. Yeah. And it's out there, and it's it's worth getting, like, just just to have. Mm-hmm. Like, I was talking earlier about completionism and whatever, but really, 10 bucks for one CD of all Star Trek comics. Like, yeah. Come on, man. There's, um, like, there's a reasonably long uh, run of Peter David comics on there that I still want to get around to reading at some point. I, I have in my head filed away that Mike W. Barr was a decent writer as well, but I don't remember. I remember, I like his Batman work. But I mean, on Star Trek specifically. 80s. But um, he yeah, was working at DC at the time. I think yeah. he was pre Peter David. Like I think he was the guy before Peter David. Yep. Uh, I couldn't tell you how, how like how good his Trek writing is, but uh, mm. the name <laughs> the name is not enough to scare me off. Like uh, right, I've I've heard of good stuff from that guy before. I can't think of any writers like Star Trek, like comic or or even novelists that scare me off. Mm. But there's not a lot of guys like who really. You know, the problem is if you're if you're a bad Star Trek writer, I don't even know your name. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because they're usually not bad enough to be like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but no, you should if if you want to read that stuff, it's out there. Uh, we early on when we had the show, like when we first started, we started up the website. We did some reviews of some comics, but uh, who's got time for that now? Yeah, man? exactly. <laughs> I haven't read any comics in a while. I like Star Trek comics in a while. Uh, IDW did not too long ago. They did that um, gender swap one that looked pretty interesting. Yep. Um, I have been reading the... Uh, oh, the, the Q thing, right? The Q... Uh, I forget what it's called. I think the Q factor or something like that. Mm. Where Q comes and fucks with the new reboot, like the Chris Pine Kirk. Yep. Uh, it also ties in... It actually ties into uh, something we're watching right now. Oh, yeah. I, I heard about that. Did yeah. You, I, I saw the end of that issue, but... Um... I I didn't read anything after that. Is it is it any good? It's fine. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Hmm. Um, it's not actually fucking spo- spoilers for for the comics IDW. that are well com- fairly current comics. If you want to skip ahead like a minute or two, I guess I won't yeah. talk about this for too long. Um, it's not actually set on DS Nine. It's set in an alternate universe. I assume an alternate universe that's from like is it the future of Chris Pine Kirk? See, that's what I can't figure out yet. Yeah. Uh, it might be, but it also, like, it does the whole thing where if you go forward in time, you basically disappear from the timeline. So oh. it's also a universe where the Enterprise disappeared, like... Oh. Alright. Wh- whenever it went into the future. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. So that future's gonna end up collapsing, is what you're saying. I assume so, yeah. It's not bad. Um, yeah. Worf isn't evil in an alternate reality, so that's that's a new one on me. Yeah. But, uh, you know... Ah. Might be worth checking out on the trade that I'll keep you guys posted. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm curious, but not enough. Like I I lost interest in the IDW stuff. It was pretty strong early on, but mm-hmm. uh, I thought it kind of lost its way. Yeah. Uh, while we're on the subject, I want to quickly talk about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're if you're you've been interested in the John Byrne uh, Fumetti comics he's been putting out lately, mm-hmm. avoid them like the plague. They are garbage. I've heard that they are poorly written. And the uh, Fumetti in them is bad, like embarrassingly terribly bad, like so, like first year Photoshop bad. Wow! It like it's in oh, it's not good. I would like to correct one thing you just said. Mm. Uh, 
avoid them like the quickening. Yes. <laughs> the actual quickening and the episode. <laughs> Uh, this one comes from, uh, uh, Nathan again, again, not, not our friend Nathan, but the other Nathan, right? Uh, dear horrific post-atomic people. I just realized that enterprise ENT should be known as POS pre-original series or piece of shit. Oddly enough, both apply. Yep. That seems fine. I like, I've said this before, but I want to officially go on the record as saying, I don't have enough of an opinion of enterprise yet. I sort of say, I'm not looking forward to the latter part of this show. Really what I'm not looking forward to is Voyager enterprise could surprise me. Man, I hope so. It won't, but it could. <laughs> I don't know. I will say a lot of my preconceived notions, yours too, yeah, definitely. have been incorrect. Mm -hmm. We thought Dax was great from the beginning of DS9. That was wrong. Yep. We thought the Jem'Hadar and Wayun were big parts of the show early on. We were wrong. Yep. Uh, next Gen, we had a lot of stuff we thought about that. That was incorrect. Like, we, we, thought, you know. we thought everyone on that show was a good character. Yes. And it turns out all but one of them were. Yep. <laughs> and one of them took a really long time to get there. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, it, look, if Enterprise turns out to actually be good, we will be the first people to tell you that. Oh, absolutely. Well, no, we won't, because other people watched it when it was on ten years ago. Yes, but, but we will be the first people on this podcast to tell you that. Probably, yes. Odds are pretty good. I Yeah, you know. I don't know. I, I, we haven't recorded those shows yet, so I can't say for sure, yeah. but probably. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I believe Brandon Braga was the showrunner for the first three years, so it's probably going to not be great. No. But we'll see. Brandon Braga also produces uh, the, the Cosmos show that's on now, the, uh, the Neil deGrasse Tyson show. So, you know. For some reason, for a second there, I like I thought you mispronounced the word Cosby. <laughs> no, I mispronounced the word Cosms. <laughs> which is a super deep reference for any of you who have kept up with my Transformers reviews. <laughs> Thrust. Uh, next comes from Irish Gav and he says hi it's me hi Gav uh, who are the most punchable faces in the Star Trek canon there, there's two questions we'll, we'll address this one first golly I wonder who I'll say who will you say Matt I can't imagine could it be oh I don't know Kai Wynn okay and her stupid stupid face and her dumb hat <laughs> you really don't like that hat who else Okay, let, let's maybe limit it to one per series that we've done so far. All right. So in in, in next gen. Who do I want to punch in uh, next gen? And it doesn't have to be, like, uh, a, a regular. Mm -hmm. It could be just, like, a one-off. I, I would really like to punch some Paclids in the face, I'll tell you that much. Those guys were infuriating. Or No, no, no. That fucking Irish guy. Really? Fucking, oh, my God. From, um... I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, up the long ladder. Uh-huh. That... That super if... stereotypical Irish guy. Ooh, I'd like to punch him in the face. I don't know if we ever said this on the show. Amanda explained to me what Up the Long Ladder meant mm. uh, in that, like, season two Next Gen episode quite some time ago. Uh, the entire expression is Up the Long Ladder, Down the Short Rope. Ah. <laughs> it's about Irish people being killed. Ah. Delightful. Well, I learned something today. Yeah. And who do I want to punch in the original series? I'm just looking at my big poster of punchable people. Uh-huh. Hmm. Can't believe you haven't said it yet. Why don't you, you why don't you tell me and I will agree with you. You're gonna agree with me. Yeah. It's Chekhov. Ooh, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on Chekhov. See, of course. Like we may we may differ on some things, but we both really Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. I would like to I would like to punch Chekhov. 
my next. I would also like to see how far I could th- I could throw uh, Clint Howard. <laughs> well, if he lands on his face, there's really nothing lost. No, it's not going to get worse. <laughs> also, I bet he makes a really funny sound as he sails through the air. <laughs> Especially if you throw him far and you get a nice Doppler effect going. Yes. <laughs> right in the Tranya. You gotta, you got you think the Tranya is like a, in a big punch bowl? Yes. <laughs> he just lands in like splash. Yep. You gotta imagine somebody spiked the Tranya. How many noogies do you think Ron Howard gave Clint Howard when they were growing up? I don't think it was enough. <laughs> you think that's why his head's shaped like that? God, I hope that's the reason. <laughs> uh, for so my choice for for the original series would would be Chekhov. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, Definitely. For next gen, the outrageous Okana. Yep, that's a good one. And for DS9, Rom. Yep. God, I want to punch him. No, I, I, just, I, uh, I can't think of any character. Like we've said this before, you hate Kai Win because you love to hate her because she's a good villain. Mm-hmm. I hate Rom because he's terrible. <laughs> yes, he is. He's just a bad character. Badly, like I mean, they're they're fixing him writing wise, mm-hmm. but he's badly portrayed and just stupid. And every time he's on the screen, it just makes me cringe. See, the thing is, they're fixing him writing wise. If they could fix him, you know, performance wise, performance wise, yeah, he would, that would be fine. Well, I said this last episode. If he hit puberty, yeah, I'm just trying to think of some in story, biological, physiological way that he could change the way he looks and walks and acts and talks. Why don't they just Darren him? Uh, yeah, just replace him with some other actor. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, I believe he and Armin Shimmerman have chemistry. I believe they also are friends, like, outside of the show. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Just no. Yeah, there's no. pro. I don't hate Rom as much as you do. God, I hate him so much. Because I feel like that would be impossible. No, 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 no. But, um... It's because the the rest, like, there is no other character on this show, like, not one, that I can think of that it's like they come on the screen and I go, ugh. <laughs> like, he's the only one. There's a huge cast at this point. There's all these recurring characters and extended people. And it's like, okay, we, we didn't love, um, what's his name, that was dating Kira before he turned into a Frankenstein. And oh, died. God. Um, uh, I'm just thinking Shakar now, but it's the guy before Shakar. How am I blanking up? Varyal. Barah, thank you. Like, we didn't love him, but I didn't just want to, ah. No, the, his problem was that he wasn't interesting enough to hate, you know? Right. But, I mean, there's no other character on the show I can think of that's provoked this reaction to me. It's no. because everyone else is so well-rounded and well-performed and great, and he just is such a, he's out of place. Yeah. Next Gen had a few characters here and there who were just like, ugh, shut up. Mm-hmm. But this the show only has one out of, like, a hundred. So that's why it bugs me. I mean, I guess we could get some as we move along, but uh, I don't remember any. No? I think of some, like, gimmick characters they overuse. You probably know who I mean. I do. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to punch that character, though. I no. like, th- I liked like that character at first. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you're going to that well too many times. I wish you'd stop. Uh-huh. That's pretty much it. But Rom, I... <sighs> anyway. Gav's other question is, best cold open slash teaser so far? Mm. I feel that's, like, oh. that's a tough one because I always have a tr- I have a hard time remembering them. Yeah, my my pick would be from like three weeks ago, mm. which is uh, Quark turning all the computers into uh, commercials for Quarks. That's a good one. 
that had nothing to do with the rest of the episode. It was just a funny, like, one minute and 30 second thing before we get into all the heavy, stupid shit. But that was that was great. I will come to Quark's. And, and I will have, we'll fun. have fun. <laughs> and that's a threat. What? I think there was one... There was one in TNG that was really good. Um, oh, God, what was it? We talked about it a lot. I don't remember. I think it was Picard, like... I think it was the opening of... Uh, of, um... What is it? The Inner uh, Light? Yeah, no, uh, the Four Lights one. Four Lights, um... Maybe. Um, where no, because just... they set up, they set that up at the beginning, like, the, remember that was a two-parter. Yeah, no, I'm saying at the beginning of that first part, where it's like a little tiny short, uh, teaser, and it's just like, we're sending you into wherever. It was really well delivered. Oh, part one, where, yeah, okay. Yeah, that I might you... be it, but now I can't remember. I will say, I said this before, the teaser for Face of the Enemy? Oh, uh, uh with, uh, Troy as, uh, Romulan? Yeah. Yeah, that's face of the enemy. That was like a like it made no sense in the story, and this was a big sticking point for me. Mm-hmm. But the teaser itself, just yeah. just on the merits of that alone, was pretty badass. That's a good one. Why is she a Romulan? What mm. the fuck? Like, and they they've done some good ones of those where it's like setting up the basic premise real quick. Like, yeah, here's here's our big mystery. Here's our big whatever. Like, chew on this during the endless credits. <laughs> so yeah. And commercials for deodorant in the 1990s. Uh-huh. Fine manner. Costanza. <laughs> uh, next one comes from Kathy, and she right. says, Hi, Al. Uh, well, it's for you as well. <clears throat> I apologize if this has already been asked before. I'm way behind on listening to your podcast, but I was wondering if you guys have had a chance to watch any of the fan-made Star Trek Phase Two series or the animated Renegade series, and what your thoughts are on these fan-made spinoffs. I was not aware of an animated one, actually. No. Might check that out. Uh, after you listen, after you finish with all the Star Trek official series, have you given any thought to covering these fan-made productions in your future future podcasts? Uh, no, just because there's too much there. Yeah. If we did that, then we'd probably do books and we'd do comics and we'd never get out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and the the rate of return there is just not worth it. No. There's really the just. Uh... There, like we've seen some good uh, fan-made stuff. We but... have the um we watched actually. This was on Sarcastic Voyage years ago, which ended up resulting in this show existing. Mm-hmm. We were so desperate for a new Star Trek that we started watching fan films. Yeah. And then we was like, you know what? If we want to talk about Star Trek this much, why don't we just start watching it and talking about yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And that's where this came from. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but the new voyages I've, I've seen, I, it's, it's gone through a few iterations because there was the new voyages and there was phase two, which I think were two different things. And then they became the same thing or something like that. And as I recall, they had good writing, good production values, bad actors. Yeah. That was my take. Um, I don't tend to like most of the fan productions we've seen. No. That said, Axanar looks amazing. Axanar looks awesome. I cannot wait until... Okay. If you haven't... We, we must have put a link to this in the show notes. I don't think that point. we have. Okay. I think we might have talked about it on our Tumblr, but I don't think we've talked about it on the show. Okay. There is a... Um, uh, it's a short video... Uh, that's supposed to be a lead into an actual feature. Well, this was actually their, like, watch this and like it so that you can then give money to our Kickstarter. That was it, okay. It was it was sort of like the promotional video for their Kickstarter. It was done in documentary uh, format. Oh. Which I would love the whole movie that way. Yeah. It was telling the story of this famous battle. Uh, Klingon a, Federation battle. Right. 
as as a documentary yeah. as like the the main players of it talking about like their their experiences and then showing like ships moving on a on a strategic map and mm-hmm. it was it was a cool way to tell a star trek story i'd never seen before yeah which I really it liked. is amazing I it's, was over at Al's for, I think it was the live show, right? Yeah, it was. It was uh, back in August. Yeah, and he's just like, man, you got to see this. Uh, this uh, Yeah, the Trek Star Trek fan. fan. You got to see this. Okay, Star Trek fan film. And he already starts getting up. Like, uh, no, 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 trust me. I'm usually right when I say stuff like yeah. that. Occasionally you won't agree with me, but usually I know what I'm talking about. But, oh, fuck, Axanar is so fucking good. I cannot wait until that thing's finished so I can give them yeah. money for it. The production values are super high. Yeah. And and they're looking for a lot of money for their Kickstarter. It was mm. it was in the hundreds of thousands, but I think they might make it. Mm-hmm. Like I I haven't checked recently. They must have. It must be over now. Well, but, did you say they were doing it in in steps? Like yeah, because this Kickstarter's way... for the video visual effects. This Kickstarter's right. for the actors. Yeah, because the way Kickstarter works is if you don't make all the money, you get nothing. Yeah, and so they figured by staggering it, they'd have a better chance of making smaller goals, mm-hmm. which is a good idea. Uh, but it's got it's got a lot of unknown actors in it. Uh, a lot of guys from Battlestar Galactica, actually. Mm. Um, Tony Todd is in it, and a few other people. Um, Ty, Ty's wife, I think, is in it. Yeah, Ty's wife and a couple other people from Battlestar Galactica. I can't remember. Uh, actually, some people from Enterprise. I believe the Vulcan ambassador. Yes. Uh, who was also the main cop in the uh, Alien Nation TV series. That's how I know him, but he was he played the Vulcan ambassador on mm. Enterprise. Uh, but it takes place before the original series, but after Enterprise, and apparently it's true to the continuity there. Right. So, like, like regardless of how you felt about Enterprise, it, it follows on and stays consistent with what they set up there. And it's about Garth of Izar, who was a character in the original series, who yep. had ended up being uh, a mentor of Captain Kirk, who ends up going crazy. Um, who Don't I, mind if I do. <laughs> but for a while that's who i was hoping that uh, benedict cumberbatch played in uh into darkness yeah um because he's a great adversary for kirk but this is before he went crazy so he's he's still just a great captain mm-hmm. and it's about this great battle and it looks like what i wish enterprise looked like like it looks way more original series ish but modern yeah exactly like they take the the aesthetic of right the 60s show and just update it Right, you got the old school Klingon battle cruisers. Like Enterprise, from what I recall, did a lot of like, yeah, these are '60s things. They look cheesy. We're going to make them look modern, and it, yeah. it ruined it because it's like, but this didn't happen before Kirk. It looks more modern than what he had. Yeah, doesn't make sense. But this this sort of walks that line. Mm-hmm. And you got the old school Klingon battle cruisers. You got like uh, spoilers, I guess, but this is right in the trailer. The, the one of the big climax things is. Um, the creation of the Constitution class starship. Yes. So, like, you got the Enterprise, you know, the Enterprise or whatever the first Constitution class ship is being built, and just lots of lots of very cool looking stuff. It's really good. Yeah, it is. It's it's definitely go check it out. We'll we're gonna put some show notes together for this because there's a few links you should check out, mm-hmm. and that's one of them. Um. So yeah, as far as fan stuff goes, that's that's definitely worth looking at. What, we'll check them out if they're good. Uh, we won't review them on the show though. No, not, not. You'll get stuff like if if it's worth checking out, you'll get us going. Yeah, check it out. Yep. I think honestly, as we get into Voyager and as we start losing interest in you know the main thing, we might start wandering off to tangents again. Yeah. Like I haven't been reading a lot of Trek books just because. Well, one, I don't have time, but two, I've already got great Star Trek in my life. Yeah, exactly. 
And when I when I start to feel that falter, maybe I'll go read some of his books that, that I've been seeing on the channel mm. lately. So. I'm looking forward to DS9 ending for the excuse to take another crack at the uh, post-DS9 novels they put out. Well, the Millennium Trilogy is great. Yep. Millennium Tr- Trilogy is amazing. Yeah, I really like that. I haven't the, read that in years. No. By uh, by the guys that did uh, Federation, the Reeves yeah. Stevensons. Yeah, they also did... Reeves Stevens? Hang on a second. Reeves Stevens. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they also did Prime Directive, mm-hmm. which you quite liked. Oh, God, I love Prime Directive. It was pretty good. Um, and a couple others. Oh, they they, they ghost-wrote or co-wrote or however you want to put it, uh, some of the Shatner books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently they wrote on Enterprise. Really? In At least in season four, like when they, when they started mixing things up, started changing things up a bit. I don't know if they did prior to that. Well, that at least is something to look forward to. We'll see. Uh... I mean, yeah, we'll see. Okay, uh, next one comes from Brutan Andy. He says, hello, gents. Is it just me, or did Star Trek Into Darkness steal a lot of the not-con part of the plot from Homefront and Paradise Lost? Ooh, there's a big bad part of the galaxy that might be threatening us. I'm going to secretly start to militarize Starfleet and start manipulating things to my benefit. Hope I don't get caught. Oh, spoilers for Into Darkness. I guess if you're listening to a Star Trek podcast, why haven't you seen Into Darkness yet? Because you've listened to this Star Trek podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Love the show and looking forward to Voyager. Alamoraine, count to four. Alamoraine, then three more. Alamoraine, if you can see Alamoraine, you'll come with me. Brewtown Andy. Sounds like Miss iPhone. <laughs> Very important that I... No, I actually recognized that when we when we watched Inner yeah. Darkness the first time. Like, yeah, there's some conspiracy stuff that, uh, that, that definitely seems... Uh, I wouldn't say stolen. No. I def- homage, maybe. It doesn't surprise me at all that, uh, you know, Into Darkness uh, is sort of taking ideas from uh, from DS9, just because DS9 was a much darker show, and... Yeah, you want to deal with the more dark, complex stuff. Yeah. That's where you can take stuff from. Mm-hmm. It's, also why I, it's also why they've got the Section 31 reference. I probably shouldn't have brought that up. No, if, if, you, if you've seen Into Darkness, you know that Section 31 is a thing. Mm-hmm. That will be introduced on DS9. We're not going to yeah. tell you how, in what context. But that's a, that's a concept that actually started on DS9. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. Yeah. So like, I don't find that surprising. Yeah. I I don't know. I've heard that Roberto Orci or Orsi is apparently some people say that might actually be the correct way to say that. So it sounds like a Tolkien monster. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, is is a crazy 9/11 truther? Really? And so I think a lot of yeah, that's what I've heard. Oh, wonderful. And so I think a lot of his government conspiracy stuff might come more from that. But I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it comes around to 9-11 one way or the other, I guess. I suppose so. Tried to avoid it before. But... Now, he's he's got some whack job theories. And, yeah, not great. But he's in charge of Star Trek now, so yeah. Okay. Next one comes from David, and he says, Hello, Paw Types. I'm sure you've noticed how the blossoming friendship between O'Brien and Bashir foreshadowed and indeed probably started the peace process in Northern Ireland, my <laughs> Good, solid, salt-of-the-earth Irish chap ignores Englishman's arrogance, self-important land-grabbing, and not forgetting smug attitude. <laughs> the charming Irish gent forgives all, never forgets. Do you think has, DS9 should Sorry, receive- has, has Bashir stolen quite a lot of land? I haven't noticed that. Maybe that comes up later. I, it's it's in uh, it's not canon, but it's it's in his uh, it's in his bio. I kind of want to see evil uh, landlord, Bashir. land baron, like uh, slumlord O'Brien or uh, With a, Bashir. He's got a top hat and an evil mustache. Yeah, 
Well, he stays in past tense. Yes. And becomes a slumlord. <laughs> Do you think DS9 should receive the Nobel Peace Prize for its good work in resolving the age-old hatred the English have for the beguiling Irish? Thanks for the great podcast. Looking forward to Voyager. Brutan Andy said that as well. <laughs> David, P.S. How come Bashir bags all the best men? That is a good question. Well, Bashir is the, the youngest, handsomest, like most charming of the guys. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. Like he's not attached to anyone. He he, he flits around a lot. Yes, so he it does. Makes, it makes sense. And in, in our ideal headcanon world he is like omnisexual and he fools around with whoever's available yeah exactly so that's why because yeah. he's young and pretty that's why sounds good to me and charming um so yeah let's see this one comes from flonk all right what are your top five laser whips in fiction here are mine <laughs> number one the last outpost classic number two the slavers in that clone war episode it's a little on the nose but laser whips versus lightsabers was pretty cool Number three, Whiplash in Iron Man 2. Come on, that fight in the racetrack was cool. Four, the main witch in Hansel and Gretel colon Witch Hunters. <laughs> Technically, it's a magic whip, but it functions and looks just like a laser whip, so I'm going to count it. Five, the Ferengi episode of Enterprise. The episode itself is pretty bad, but seeing Clint Howard wield a laser whip was a dream come true. Clint Howard plays a Ferengi? Yeah, I knew that's that. That's perfect! No, they meet Ferengi, goddammit, I hate that. Oh no, that's terrible, but yeah. Clint Howard is a Ferengi? Yeah, I mean, yes, that is perfect. They don't even have to put makeup on him. No. But, uh, just give him a bit of an orange tint. They have. They should handsome him up a little bit. <laughs> just send him to a tanning bed for a week. <laughs> Clint yeah. Howard, if you're listening to this show, I will never stop making fun of you. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you look ridiculous. <laughs> look, you're an actor. Never, never in history has someone more deserved the phrase, sorry about your face. <laughs> the sad thing is... <laughs> I did not expect to be talking this much about Demolition Man and Clint Howard. And yet? As we have been. And 9-11. Boy, I hope Clint Howard isn't in, is in Demolition Man. No, but he was in Past Tense, which borrowed from Demolition Man, apparently. Oh my god, so it did. Although it didn't, because Past Tense was out in, like, 94, and Demolition Man was 97. Oh, so yeah. Demolition Man ripped off, uh... Past Tense. Ripped off Past Tense. That would explain all the assholes with hats. Yeah, Rob Schneider was hat guy. Ugh. Um, yeah. This one comes from Bob. He <laughs> says, in Supplemental 17, at about 45.15, Al says regarding explorers, and he transcribes what I says, and there's a lot of uhs in here. So, uh, I probably do that, but, uh, I don't like people pointing that out. That's, that's not very nice, Bob. And he's talking about tiki stuff, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll read this. He says... I was talking about in the episode Explorers where it was a reference to a guy building a canoe and proving that certain people could have gone from one place to another. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember And he that. said, I think you're probably referring to Thor Heyerdahl, Heyerdahl? A, Nor a Norwegian who in 1947 organized an expedition from Peru to the Tamatau Islands in French Polynesia or native-style raft they called the Contiki, blah, 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 tiki stuff. Okay, there's a whole paragraph here I'm not reading, Bob. It basically, I love tiki stuff. And y yes, I know. He says, P.S., just what is Jamaharon anyway? Well, I mean, if you have to ask. We don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> We're all seeking it, though, right? Yes. It's like Susan. We're desperately seeking it. I don't know if I'm desperately seeking Susan. Well, I just, I'm waiting because I, my, my understanding is one day, suddenly Susan. <laughs> Standing beside you? Yes. 
Next one comes from Flonk. He says, Bajoran Outback, huh? The best-selling appetizer at the Bajoran Outback is deep-fried mini Hasperat with bloom sauce for dipping. Of course, their version of Hasperat is just coleslaw with lime aloy. I think that's how you say that. Wrapped in a tortilla and dipped in pickle juice. Gross. <laughs> they serve Cardassian sunrises at the Bajoran Outback, but the drink doesn't glow. It has a neon green salt rim. The Bajoran Outback doesn't give a damn what you want on your burger. <laughs> The wait at the Bajoran Outback is 50 years. I'm sorry, sir, but this party of Cardassians just won't leave. <laughs> Flunk may have a little bit of an axe to grind there. I'm not sure. What? Nah, I know. What? We didn't answer his laser whip question, I realized. We sure didn't. Do you have an answer? No. Okay. I think his is pretty good. I, I think he... I think he named all the laser whips that ever existed. Yeah, can you think of any other laser whips? I can't think of any other laser whips. I've never said the word laser whip this many times in a, in, in a show before. I know that. <laughs> the cheats playing something on a laser whip. Whatever happened to the laser whip, laser whip? This one comes from Darren. He says, hi, Ron and Matt. It, it's Al, actually. Uh, is this the email address to leave feedback about the podcast? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, if you'd like, uh, you can also leave feedback on the uh, iTunes page. Uh, you can. Give us a review. Oh right, but if you if you want to leave like something, we will read. Yeah, I have not looked at the iTunes page for like four years, and I can't see the iTunes page because all I can see is the Canadian one, and the only person who's reviewed there is me. Ah, yeah. See, I don't like. I try not to look at stuff like that just because I will obsess over it, and mm. if something somebody says something bad, I'll probably get sad. And yeah, you know, there might be people out there who don't like our show, and that's totally fine. And if you rate it. Honestly, I'm fine with that. I just don't want to read it. Yeah. But you should give an honest review. Don't just go give it five stars because we told you to. Like, mm. say what you think. But I, I don't want to know. <laughs> if you don't think it's five stars, I don't want to know. Look, I'm fragile, man. Okay. That, that is true. Uh, the next one is from Rod Tanzal, and he says, Matt and Al, are either of you reading new Star Trek novels? I ask because I've appreciated your past book reviews on the podcast website. I trust your taste. Do you have any recommendations? Keep up the great work. Well, thank you. Um, we have not, I haven't read any new Star Trek books in a while. No, um, me neither. There's, I always, whenever, uh, whenever new stuff comes in at, at work, I always give it a look, but, uh. You I'm work really, at a bookstore for people I do work at know. a bookstore. Um, but, uh, there hasn't really been anything that's been sort of grabbing my interests. We actually, uh, the other day we were just hanging out on Skype, just talking about stuff. And we, we went through some of the, I've noticed, uh, Amazon has, uh, Kindle books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Trek books that are not like like your standard Star Trek book is like about 300 pages it's a, like the, the paperbacks are almost identically sized yeah like if you look on your shelf of your Star Trek paperbacks they're almost exactly the same I am actually looking at my shelf of yeah. Star Trek paperbacks and you are correct mine are upstairs but yes they're more or less all the same length the same you know mm-hmm. same everything they they appear to now be writing longer or shorter like like 100 page stories and like some longer ones too like I think they're using the ebook format to kind of break up the the monotony. Yeah. And so there's some sort of like novella length, like longer than short stories, but not full novels kind of things. And there's some interesting stuff there. Like there's one with, um, uh, I believe, Nurse Chapel and Spock and uh, I want to say Emini Dax, whoever it was before Curzon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which looked interesting. There was another one that looked okay. There's also some real crap out there, like one where Kirk goes back in time with Seven of Nine. Yeah, there's the team up I've always wanted to see. Uh-huh. And of I, course... <laughs> let the record show I've not actually wanted to see that. 
No. And everyone's making the low-hanging fruit joke of, uh, oh, he's going to try to sleep with her. Well, no shit. Yeah. It's a hot chick at Captain Kirk. Really? Mm-hmm. Come on. Try harder. Um, recommendations. Like, I honestly, there, there's been a few others that just haven't looked that great to me. Yeah. Oh, there's one where Lol comes back to life. Oh, that's a terrible idea. Way to cheapen that episode. Yeah. And uh, Moriarty then comes for Data yep. for some reason, because I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Who also came back to life, by the way. Well, he's not dead. Like, she tragically died. That was part of the story. Yeah. You don't bring her back. But what bugs me is, you know, you killed Data. Fine. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think that's a terrible decision, but fine. Well, those movies are done, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But, you know, if he's dead, you know, you you deal that, you take that hand. Yeah, and I honestly think it might be interesting, not long term, mm-hmm. but short term, to tell a couple of stories about Jordy misses his best friend. Yeah. Or Starfleet is trying to develop androids, and without <laughs> the one good android anyone ever built, they're doing a bad job of it. Yeah. Like, that could be a whole interesting thing about how, like, well, Noonie and Soong's dead now. Mm-hmm. Lore's in pieces. Data's dead. Like, nobody's got an expert on androids or a good model of an android, and nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. So there could be, like, horrible abominations wandering around. Like, there could be a good story in that. Mm-hmm. There's there's a couple of good things you could do with Data being dead. But for the most part, it's not a world, like, that I would want to live in extensively. The only thing I read was a short, sto- was a short story they did where after, where after uh, Data dies... Captain Picard proclaims it to be uh, no. Uh, the floor is hot lava day on the Enterprise. What? That is a Community reference from ah. season five. Ah, I saw bits of Community season five, but uh, I didn't see all of the, it. The uh, Troy leaves episode is quite good. Ah, no, I do remember that one now. Mm. Yeah, uh, you know what was really great was the GI Joe episode. Yeah. I haven't actually gotten a chance to check that out yet. There there are a few things in this world where I say, this was made for me. I don't know who else even cares about this, mm-hmm. but this was made exactly for me, and that was one of them. It's like there were so many little things. That, I mean, lots of people liked that show, and lots of people got the jokes, but but it was, you know, that was for me. <laughs> Thanks, Dan Harmon. Yeah. Fan Harmon. Fan Harmon. <laughs> I look forward to your show continuing as part of Alta Vista or whatever it is now, Hotbot. Yes. We were talking about, oh, did you see, this is totally off topic. Mm-hmm. Did you see the the preview for that new uh, Powers TV show? No, not yet. I know it was up, but I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. I try not to be overly negative about things. Oh, boy. It is not good. Oh, boy. It is not good. Oh. But uh, Flonk was saying, well, well, what do you expect from a, you know, from a show developed by a video game? Like, you know, <laughs> developed by the video game company. It's like, in fairness... We didn't expect much from the shows developed by the video store either. No. And Netflix has made some pretty damn good original stuff. That is true. And Man. so so uh, c- continuing community on a failed search engine, who knows? Maybe yeah. it'll be good. That that's disappointing, man. Like we I will talk read, I haven't read talk, Powers in a long time. We will talk after after the show cuz I don't want to get too negative, but yeah. I, I I was not a fan. Oh god. Okay, so that is all the non-spoiler questions. We have a couple that are spoiler-related, so so that is all. Uh, thank you, as ever, and Season 5, ho. Uh, we got some great stuff ahead, uh, so looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Now, spoilers. Yeah. O- only got two here. Did you play the klaxon? Uh, yes. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. I, I will now have gone back. 
and and done that. Excellent. Good work. Um, so this one is from Brutan Andy, and he's talking about uh, uh, Jedzia leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, to be on Becker, which we've already talked about. Fucking Becker. Uh, which drives you crazier? Starfleet constantly dicking around in the Gamma Quadrant when the Dominion told them to stay out? Or Esri Dax being assigned to DS9 when it's supposed to be a very bad thing for Trills to reconnect with people from their past lives? May the prophets bless you, Brutan Andy. That, I mean, we'll talk about it when it happens. Yeah. But it definitely bugs me. It, it absolutely does. And I um, think they talk about it. I think they say something like, it's wartime conditions, we couldn't help it. She was in the right place at the right time, and she just ended up... Like, she didn't seek out this assignment, just something, something, conditions, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, but I don't love it. When they've made such a big deal of not doing that. Yeah. I think it's I think it's dumb, but at least it is tempered by the fact that I think Esri Dax is adorable. I agree. Uh, whereas... Every time something goes wrong in the Gamma Quadrant, all we can think is, well, you shouldn't have gone to the Gamma Quadrant. Yeah. It, like, it yeah. keeps happening. It does. And it's, and like, it's going to keep happening. Well, there's, <laughs> in a way, I mean, they're going to be actively at war with people in the Gamma Quadrant shortly enough. Yeah, well, that is true. We're in the spoiler section now, so we can mm-hmm. say that. Fucking, stop poking the hornet's nest, guys. Well... I forgot, like, I had actually Don't forgotten. Don't go to, you're going to go to war with hornets. <laughs> you know who wins that battle? The hornets. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> I just, I, 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 I forgot how all this unfolded. I thought the Dominion declared war, but yeah. remembering now, no, they no. side with Cardassia first. Mm-hmm. Like, all that happens this coming season. And then the Cardassians take the, the, the station at the end of season five. Oh, that's going to be something. That is like, like I said this at the end of the season four uh, cliffhanger. I think the only better one mm-hmm. is uh, that ending where he, uh, he he picks up the baseball and he's like, uh, "It's a message from Captain Cisco." They'll be back. Yep. But then he doesn't come. Like you, you, you got the season premiere and they're not back yet, and the second yeah. one they're not back. It's like six episodes till they get back. It's like, yeah. oh my god, this is amazing. Oh, so good. Fucking love DS Nine. Also, in like three weeks, we're doing Tribbles. That is exciting. Yes, it is. It's a great fucking episode. It's one of the best things Star Trek ever did. Yep. She's like, here's a present for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank this you, Star a, Trek. This is a good present. Yes. You're very thoughtful. <laughs> also, Voyager's doing an episode with Captain Sulu and, and Commander Rand. Well, that's fine, too. No, I it's suppose. not. I've seen it. It's not. Oh. I. It's fine. It's not bad. It's just not. It's nowhere close to Trials and Tribulations. Yeah. Though. Tries hard. <laughs> um, the other spoilerish thing comes from John Wiggins, who says, "Every time Wayun dies, I can't help but say, oh my god, you killed Wayun, you bastards.' Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that won't be a runner for a bit yet. No, but I, you're you're not wrong. I did cheat a few weeks ago by making my bad thing. They killed off Wayun, but uh, he he'll be back, and in greater oh. numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is the furthest point you can possibly be from our next supplemental, which is which is I think in January or February. But if you want to hear us read read and probably ignore your questions, postatomichorror at gmail. Yeah. Uh, show notes for this show will be at postatomichorror.com. We will provide links to the things we referenced here. Um, I think that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything I wanted to hit on. Okay, so uh, we will be back with the Season 5 premiere next week with our friend Vishal. So look forward to that. Yeah. See you, folks.
The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2014. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.